Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144 Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144 The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome, everyone, to hour number two of Radio Law Talk. I want to give a special shout out to Fred Penny. He's on assignment and uh, looking forward to. His return to the booth here, the broadcast booth for us next next Saturday's show. I'm Todd Cunin, and to my right is Denise Dirks. Denise, how are you feel? How are you feeling after hour one? Um, hour one went really fast. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I feel like we didn't finish one of the topics, so we might have to touch on. Yeah, we'll again. touch on that here in just a second. And then we've got uh, Cal Hunter behind the glass. Hello. The, the smooth tones of the Cal. Smooth. Live jazz. <laughs> Cal, but when I showed up today, Cal was in the booth and he's testing out microphones, right? And he brings up this one microphone, and it's got, it's one that sort of really accentuated the baritone and the voice. All right, here we go. This is that microphone. This well, that, is the that, microphone. One, that, that one right now sounds like you're in the middle of some. I'm you in know, the middle of the desert. There we go. And the, yeah. Now the smooth jazz sounds of Grover Washington Jr. <laughs> so one of the running jokes we have on this show is that you know, this is the type of show that if you listen to the podcast, it would be great to listen to um, in the middle of the Nevada desert at night, you know, when your only other options are the alien shows, right? Or, or the live jazz, smooth jazz, you know, and, lover request shows. Can you play I Love You, Sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> and the only difference between the two is the alien shows or the talk shows that you know, are on the AM stations. The the FM stations still have the alien shows. They're just a little more into it, you know. <laughs> We're going to listen to something by Grover Washington that I have it on good authority. Actually, comes from Delta Gamma Five, his green brother in her daddy. <laughs> so they're 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 really into their alien shows yeah, there. But yeah. speaking of radio stations, I want to give a shout out also to KCPX fourteen ninety AM Southern Utah. They are a new affiliate joining us here for the uh, first time in this show. Welcome to the Radio Law Talk family. Well, congratulations to them for taking the show and to us for being on. They're great radio stations. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you very much yeah. for, for carrying us on your on your radio program. And so for you, because I believe you this, 
you just started picking us up this hour. We finished last hour. We're going to touch on this just a bit, and then we'll get to case or no case. We're talking about uh, an issue here with a lawsuit out of Florida where a doctor's office, and it was a gynecologist's office, is suing the insurance carrier because when the state of Florida did the shutdown due to COVID-19, um, the doctor's office thought they had the insurance to cover the loss in revenue that was going to result as because of the shutdown to their um, to their medical practice. And the insurance carrier citing some clause saying, well, no, we're, we don't have to pay out because you, if you look at this clause, your, your insurance doesn't cover virus related shutdowns, either direct or indirect. And that is where we have the issue here, because you know the plaintiff, the gynecologist's office, is saying, hold on a second here. We didn't shut down because everybody in our office tested positive for a virus. We shut down because the government made us shut down. It was an order, hello. Yeah, now the government may have instituted the order because of a fear of a virus, but the direct cause for us shutting down was a governmental order. You know, that's a very smart argument. That's really good. That's yeah. Smart. Now, yeah. now it, here's the issue. Now, now the, the, the insurance company would then come back and say, oh, I'm sorry. Please read the clause again, because the clause says we don't pay out for shuts downs due to direct or indirect causes by viruses. Incident to virus. And oh, so wow. what the insurance company is saying is, yeah, the government shuts you down. But that was the indirect cause because of a virus. And so this is what's going to be litigated in the courts. Now, I see something interesting here that is probably specific to this specific type of doctor's office. And, you know, I'm not trying to make a joke here, although it does sound sound like something I would do. Please don't. But this is a gynecologist. Now, look, I uh, I, I went to doctor visits and had the video visitation, you know, where they'd ask you the questions to get prescription refills on medications and things like that. And um, I just can't imagine doing a Zoom. (laughs) He can't even say it with a straight face. I can't even imagine doing a Zoom thing given that because it's like, I, I can't imagine any patient saying, oh, yeah, I'll be comfortable having an examination that way. No. I, I would think, think that gynecologists, proctologists, a whole ball of them, they are in a specific category where we literally cannot do the Zoom conferences. Yeah, I okay? think that's true. They can, By doing the Zoom conference, um, that could imply, you know, violations of criminal law. Yeah. Perhaps Streaming because. Bo- it, body parts that you can't stream. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, what yeah. got you into being a cam girl? It was a doctor's visit for crying out <laughs> right, loud! Right, Golly! Right. So, uh, so that is we're, we're going to follow this one, see what happens as a result of this case. As Denise pointed out, all that happened in this case is the judge said, "Look, this is not something that can be." A case that can be disposed of in the pleading phase by a summary judgment motion or something. There are arguments on either side. There was no one piece of discovery that came forward saying one side should win over the other side. This is a jury issue. It's a jury issue, and it was a valid contract dispute. Now, and that's that's really it's going to be interpretation of the contract. Now, what happens with summary judgment motions? Now, I, I don't I practice criminal law. Denise is a family law attorney. Fred is the personal injury attorney. Um, but I used to work in a law office where we had a, a litigator there. And he said, look, there is no greater thing in the law to induce a settlement on the part of a plaintiff 
than winning a summary judgment motion or prevailing over a defense summary judgment motion to dismiss. So that's a judge basically saying, I've looked at the facts and I'm predisposed here based on the facts. Is that what a summary judgment it's is? It's very close to that. It's There's no dispute as in, uh, as to any material facts. So a material fact is what holds the law or it, it that has to be found to support the cause of action or to support the defense. Okay. And th- even though there's no dispute as to any material fact, as a matter of law, this person has to win. Right. So it's basically it's it's like a trial, but just the judge makes the decision is whether or not there there's a factual, substantial, factual non-dispute that allows for one parent uh, party to win over the other. It's like it. the just this it. is so, so it's, plain. it's a legal issue. It's sure, so yeah. plain. There's no reason we need to waste a jury's exactly. time. I can go ahead and decide this. And from a plaintiff standpoint, right, if the plaintiff can survive the defense summary judgment motion, then uh, that case is really ripe. For settlement. For settlement, because mm-hmm. as, I, as I have heard often, some things are just too important to leave to a jury. Well, there's also <laughs> another question here, and that is why would you trust your company to an insurance company that would have a clause like that put in? So is that just a big warning to everyone when you buy business insurance? Make sure, based on what we've learned, make sure that clause isn't in there. Find another one if it is negotiated out. But it's a common clause, let me tell you. And how often do people that are looking for insurance... Say, okay, I need an insurance policy. They go, they talk to the insurance broker. You got an insurance policy? Does this have the coverages that I need? Does this pass muster legally? Yeah. How much is it? Well, it'll cost you X amount. Okay, I'll go ahead and pay for that. Sign Great, here. we're done. Sign here. Yeah, and they exactly. don't read the fine print. Yeah, exactly. So, and can you negotiate it out if I mean it's there? Well, in all fairness, too, their con- the insurance contracts allow for there to be modifications periodically. Right. All you have to do is send out that addendum or whatever it is that modifies. Um, the or an exclusion that happens often sure. that modifies the underlying contract. So we're through our first 15 minutes. When we come back, we'll do case or no case, and then we're going to talk a little bit about a, you know, more lawsuits as a result of movies and maybe a little bit of video game lawsuit stuff going on. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Are there any popcorn lawsuits? I'm just wondering. Stay tuned. You'll find out next on Radio Law Talk <laughs> as the show continues. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Since 1960, Iceberg Drive-In has been a family favorite for not only our famous thick shakes with unlimited delicious flavor combinations, but also our hand-breaded onion rings, delicious fries, and signature fry sauce. The Iceberg Shake Shop is perfect for high-traffic locations such as busy strip malls, recreational amusement centers, or near theaters. We are seeking qualified franchisees in the western United States. You'll have access to not only the popular Iceberg Drive-In name, but also our procedures, buying power, and operations. Plus, receive support dedicated to your success. For more information, email franchise at icebergdrivein.com or visit our website at icebergdrivein.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. Concussion Medical Clinic knows active people run the risk of the concussion. Soccer, football, even a simple fall can lead to a brain injury. Concussion Medical Clinic can test you before you start a sports program so they can have a baseline and more quickly diagnose a concussion should one occur. They also offer expert witness services if you're involved in a concussion case, and their specialty is the treatment of concussion. So if you have suffered a concussion and want the best concussion care available, give Concussion Medical Clinic a call, 916-259-4043, 916-259-4043, Concussion Medical Clinic. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Is this real life? I like the Amargosa Valley. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Or Todd Cunin, as the case may be, sitting in for Fred here today. Um, So when we went to break, we were talking about the effects of summary judgment and how that can induce settlement. So to the listener, keep that in your mind, because after we do case or no case, we're going to come back to another case where it talks about how a uh, summary judgment can induce settlement and it has to do with the movie. But right now, Cal... Are you ready to do this now? I am okay. ready to All right, do here this. we go. Here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! In a story that sounds like it could have been ripped from the headlines but was not, Carl Freeberg of San Francisco was feeling great. 
even though during World War II he picked up a strain of diphtheria in the Philippines. He went in for his annual checkup, and they did blood work like they always did, and they asked for permission to test for a particular antibody protein because the mutation that he got was starting to emerge as a more common threat, and it was not easily treated, even though Carl overcame it naturally. So uh, he said, sure, go ahead, take my blood that did that. The next thing he knew, here's an article in Stars and Stripes about how a replicatable protein in a soldier's blood was being used to push back against this strain of diphtheria. He read on and on, and he asked the medical team if that was him, and they said, yes, your blood material has been replicated and sold to a major drug manufacturer for a new treatment of this potentially strain of this potentially deadly disease. Without my permission, Carl said, I think I'm going to call my attorney. And so I ask you, does Carl have a case or no case? And who, who are you? You, you start, Mr. Kunin. I'm sorry. I start. First first time. Does yeah. Carl have a case or no case? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm thinking about this here, and I'm thinking if if you have the antibody, look, if it's your blood that's being used in your DNA and you've got that, that's one thing. But if you have an antibody, that can then be used somewhere else. It's not specific to you, even though your body produced it, and they're just replicating that based upon the genetic signature that got it as a result of it. And I, all I'm really doing right now is just stalling for time. Bamping while I try to think well, of I, something. No, I, I'm you. looking to see if I can get a clue from Denise <laughs> as to how she is going to go. I'm just going to I'm going to go with what Denise's standard answer seems to have been recently and say. No case. Hmm. No case. All right, Denise, what do you say to this? So if I understand this, he allowed them to test for antibodies and a specific protein in his blood. Correct. And then he later finds out that that protein in his blood was replicated. That means replicated, right? That means like exactly duplicated. Take it into a laboratory. They duplicate mm -hmm. it. They send it out. And, and boom, then it created a vaccine, a vaccine right. and um, they or, were using or, it now. I think it was a treatment rather than a vaccine. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So then a treatment yeah. for it. Um, and does he have a case? And I would say, yes, he has a case. Um, the question is, is it a case? And you talked about it being uh, diphtheria that he got while in the Philippines. Correct. Was that during one of the wars? World War II. World yeah. War II. Mm -hmm. Okay. Body overcame it, but nonetheless, they were starting to check people who served in the Philippines for this particular thing. You know. I think yes, it's a case. He sued, and it, and it settled. Okay. That's a good answer. Great. Both of you gave great answers. Very logical. Todd, of course, the vamping. <laughs> Please don't make well, me know, give an I, answer. Look, Please don't. I just think about this case from a practical standpoint, and my, my thought is, let's say it's let's say this whole thing's a true story. So let me get this straight. You went in to be tested, and they took this antibody. They found it. There is literally no damage to you for them using this antibody. You have not been harmed at all. You have not been uh, financially affected whatsoever. But this thing that they took has now been the means of saving lives of other people, and you want to sue because of well, that. Well, it is it, your blood. It is your blood, but how have you been? What are the damages to you? Depends on how much well, of the vaccine they took. There sold, you go. Right? That's exactly it. It yeah. depends on how much they charge to have the treatment. Yeah, no, but how much are you out? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have had that money otherwise. All you're really suing is for lost profits. You're su suing for a piece of your blood. Yeah. Yeah. That was used, so I don't know. I want a piece of that that um, uh, patent. 
right? That's yeah, my thinking. See, see, it's 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 agreed base lawsuit, right? No case. Well, let me tell you what I said to that. Those of you who said it was a case, oh Denise, I'm so sorry. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm giving him a chance to catch up. Oh, yeah, I, right. And I appreciate that, and I'm sure he does too. And so, Todd, you win. Two points for you, and no points for Denise. Next time, I'm going to take you to Los Angeles via the Ukraine. And that, Los ladies Angeles and gentlemen, is case. I'm, I decided I'm going to say Los Angeles the old way now. It's okay. just like, not Los Angeles, not Los Angeles. It's Los Angeles. All right. And that's case the or angles. no case. Yeah, there you go. Or, or angels. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, when we went to break last time, we were talking about how if a plaintiff can survive a summary judgment loss, uh, summary judgment motion in a lawsuit, then the case becomes ripe for settlement because the defendant in the case is like, well, I don't want a jury to hear this one. Well, um, and in the case we talked about with the Florida gynecologist, they just ruled on the summary judgment motion. We don't know if that's going to lead to settlement. But in another case, the subject matter of which occurred in Florida, but the case was filed in New York. Uh, what, what's the name of the movie? Uh, Pain and Gain. Pain and Gain, starring The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, so it wasn't Major Pain? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is interesting because... Perhaps this movie was based on real life. It was a real life story, and there was no, I don't think there was any warning or disclaimer at the beginning that it's similar to, it's not the same, or whatever. Because in this, there was a businessman who had been kidnapped, and this is a true story, and um, he was tortured and kidnapped by a gang, and in the movie, they made the gang members, the kidnappers, sympathetic. And people then could go in and see the eyes of these kidnappers and get into their stories and poor, actually humanize them. Poor people. Yeah. What, yeah. But what they did that was really bad was that they made the the person that was kidnapped out to be this horrible, gross creep. Someone who, who deserved, deserved to be his, kidnapped? Yes, exactly. Oh, and, and so and the, he filed a lawsuit. You bet he did. How when did we, he do? When, when we oh, come back from the break, okay. we'll talk about what happened as a result of his lawsuit. Remember the first one we used in this lawsuits out of movies, they were kind of ridiculous lawsuits, right? Miss one, maybe not well, so much. Someone filed a lawsuit uh, based on a movie that made you look like a bad guy. Yeah. For whom would you cheer? <laughs> we'll talk about coming up here on... Radio Law Talk with Todd and Denise. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 
800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312 800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312 dish tv is radio law talk I like that show. It's time for more Radio Law Talk with Denise Dirks, Todd Kunin, and your host, Frederick Penny. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. So going to the break, we were talking about the show Pain and Gain, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And it involved a couple of bodybuilders, and they were gang members, and they had kidnapped this one business owner, and... Uh, interestingly enough, the 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 uh, villains, supposed villains, the 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 body gang member bodybuilders, also in real life, and this is based on a true story, had had murdered a couple as well in 1995, and they were both convicted of that and sentenced to death. And we'll talk about what happened with those. But getting to the civil lawsuit, in the movie, the person that was kidnapped was portrayed as really being the jerk, and they and they tried to portray. Um, the two bodybuilders as being the sympathetic characters in the film so that the audience would really feel for them. And um, and so the real-life person whom the character of the person being kidnapped was based upon filed a lawsuit because he was wrongly portrayed in defamation. And that's that's the lawsuit he filed. It was filed in the jurisdiction of New York. No wonder they portrayed him as a jerk. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so they, they file it in New York, and, and this is back in 2015. In 2015, the defense, which would be the movie studio, the producers, Michael. it was a Michael Bay film. Um, the defense filed a motion for summary judgment, claiming that no cause of action had really been stated, and asking the judge to dismiss it. And the judge said, no, this one should go to trial. And guess what happened after that? I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the studio lost. Starts with an S. Rhymes with Edelman. Oh yeah. Sure. Settlement. <laughs> Sit down and give S- the guy some money and let's go home. Settled right. the case, and and that's what happens. You know, when if the plaintiff can survive summary judgment, survive the defense summary judgment motion, then the case becomes ripe for settlement. Because again. Some things are just too important to leave to a jury. Well, at least to the leads to the question, what kind of financial damages did he claim he suffered as a result of being portrayed as a as a bad dude? Well, and, and I and I think that that also leads to the settlement. After summary judgment, you can see both parties talking to each other with this sort of dialogue. Well, 
the the defense is going to say, all right, we go to trial. You stand the you stand to lose nothing because people are going to go, yeah, all right, yeah. So they portrayed you this way, and your question to your question, what damages have you suffered? Right. Yeah, something nominal. It's not going to cover the cost of this trial. And by the same token, the plaintiff is probably saying, well, I'll see your speculation that I am going to get nothing if I win, and I'll raise you with the. What if the jury decides to go ahead and hammer the snot out of the big movie producer worth millions and the, you know, the little business owner is worth nothing? Sure. And you capitalized on this, and he deserves a cut of the profits you made by portraying him wrongly. And, you know, well, that could be very substantial. If I was on the jury, that's how I'd go. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that could be very substantial. I and mean, that, so, it could be also extreme emotional distress. Mm-hmm. Because here he is. This is his story. It is a traumatic story, and it would re-traumatize him. It could have also caused yes. his business to suffer, could it not? Don't you think? If sure. people looked at him and said, I always thought he was a good guy. Ew, he's a jerkball. Yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And so as a result, you know, the, both, both parties have something to lose, you know, and that is why it settles. Because you don't know what a jury is going to do. Look, I do my trials in the criminal realm. It's criminal law, right? And so the cases that when I was a DA, I had to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. When I was now that I'm a defense attorney, I have to try to show that there is reasonable doubt such that a conviction should not uh, come down the pike. And, you know, the one thing that is the constant in between both a criminal trial and a civil trial when it comes to jury trials, one thing that is constant through both of them is this. You never, never know. know what the jury's going to do. Yeah, never know what a jury's going to do. I did a case once in a criminal trial. Yeah. <laughs> so we did this case in a criminal trial, and the, the, the judge is instructing the jury. The judge instructing the jury, do not consider punishment when determining whether or not the defendant is guilty. Punishment is up to the judge. Do not do not consider, even consider punishment the effect of a guilty verdict jury, the first question from jury the jury gets the case they're, <laughs> they're not in the jury room longer than an hour this was i was a prosecutor when this would happen they're not in the jury room longer than an hour i get the call there's a question from the jury judge wants you in chambers to go over the question all right we get there we sit down defense attorney's there first question from the jury if we find him guilty, will he get probation or does he have to go to prison? Oh, my gosh. Did you not listen? <laughs> well, but maybe did the judge raise that red flag by giving that instruction? Yeah. Well, well if it's a standard distru- instruction, the judge has to give that one in yes. every case. I see. You know, and so it's like, wow. yeah, no, I uh, pretty certain there was an instruction on that one. Can we see the probation report before we determine innocence or guilt? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, it, it, look, you're just there. Did the facts meet the elements of the charge defense? So, so in this particular case, pain and gain, were the um, the kidnappers, ultimately, did they have a criminal matter? They did have a criminal matter because in addition to this kidnapping, they had committed a murder on a couple. Thank you for bringing me back to that. And um, they had committed a murder, and they were both prosecuted and convicted in the state of Florida, and they were both sentenced to death for their involvement and for the the murder of the couple. And then 2016 came along. And they were good guys, according to the film. Well, not according to the film, not because of the film, but they appealed, both of them appealed their 
convictions. They didn't appeal the convictions. They appealed the sentence of death that was imposed. And the Florida Supreme Court vacated the death penalty, claiming on, on the grounds that Florida's death penalty sentencing system was unconstitutional. Now, when they, the way they phrase that, the death penalty sentencing system is unconstitutional. Look, the death penalty has been proven to be constitutional. This doesn't violate cruel and unusual punishment. However, just because the penalty has been ruled as constitutional, whether you agree with that or not, and I'll keep my mouth shut on that one because I have views that seem to tick off both sides of the aisle, but um, the manner in which the death penalty is reached can be unconstitutional. And that is what the court said. Maybe it's, I mean, it was... Especially uh, if the judge has no discretion. That would be one one thing that, you know, that the court could look at. I mean, for example, for example, in a, uh, um, in a conviction, the jury has to be unanimous. Twelve people in the jury, it has to be for guilt, 12 to zero. In this particular case, the jurors voted eight to four to sentence him to death. So the sentencing did not require a unanimous vote like the conviction did. I don't know if that was the basis of the unconstitutionality of the system or if it was uh, some or other basis. But they Maybe said, he wasn't allowed to do mitigating um, circumstances could be. Uh, in the sentencing process itself. You know, there could be a lot of things that, so, so, that yeah, come up. Essentially, it's just, we're not saying that the end result by itself is unconstitutional, but the manner in which you got there, the system in place that got you there, that is unconstitutional, so it was vacated. It was vacated for the one, I don't have this here, but it was likely vacated for the other because they were sentenced under the same Yeah, system. just having their sentence, though, reversed did not impact the fact that the underlying crime happened. Oh, yeah, that's correct. And they're still in prison, they're just not subject to the death. Yeah, you know, when, when somebody has their death sentence overturned, but they still stand convicted, I mean, if it's a DNA-completed exoneration, we're not talking about that. That's something different. But right. in, in the case where the death penalty is overturned, the default to go back to is life without parole, and you, you, you're not getting out of prison. You stay. Well, yeah, but uh, but I'm not being carried out. <laughs> 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 well, that's true. Yes, well, you know, th- there are exceptions. Come on. <laughs> so uh, so that's what happened here in this case with the uh, with the pain, and that's just a, a, a lawsuit that came as a result of a movie. So, how old is this movie? Uh, I think you it, I think it came out in like 2014, 2015, hmm. something like that. I remember the promos for it in the sense that you see, usually see like magazines and internet pictures and stuff. I remember that during the filming of this case, Dwayne Johnson and Mark Wahlberg got unbelievably huge in terms of their physical stature. They weren't just actors. They were actually living the life of bodybuilders while training for and filming this movie. And I remember Dwayne Johnson. They were cut. He was huge, and so mm-hmm. was Wahlberg. And to the point that some people thought they were roiding up, but that was never proven. But it was uh, it was amazing how big these guys got. Mm. So uh, just really dedicated to their craft. Wow. We are almost through two hours. One segment left here. Uh, we're going to head away for a break. Don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. Cal, take us out. All right. We appreciate you turning on this. And remember, go tell your, tell your little radio station or your big radio station, thank you for carrying the show. And if they're not carrying all three hours, you can say, that's okay. I'll just go to RadioLawTalk.com and I'll stream the show live. Or later on, I'll go to iHeart Podcasting and listen to it on delay. So that's Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com. We'll be right back. 
All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to Radio Law Talk. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to Penny lawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide All advertising services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby, I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism 
and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it... Oh, that's down. Oh, stop it. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Or Todd Cunin, as the case may be. Uh, we just finished last last segment talking about a case that was brought where somebody had been portrayed, they believed, unfairly in a movie, and that resulted in a lawsuit and ultimately a settlement in their favor. And, you know, it brings it, it brings to light a, cer- a certain um, issue about defamation, what happens when you're wrongfully portrayed or wrongfully accused of something. And there is another story that has been circulating, uh, comes out of Hollywood, and it deals with a comedian named Brian Callen. Brian Callen, comedian who's also an actor. He's been in a show, I think his most recent show was called The Goldbergs. That was probably the one that got the most... Uh, the most play is kind of a it it's a comedy but it's not one of these multi-cam sitcoms where it's on a you know a stage with a live studio audience it's more like a Malcolm in the Middle type where it's a comedy but it is all done on a set and with with not in front of a live studio audience obviously and uh, so yeah, Callan was in that and and here's what happened so uh, you know you'd have to be pretty much living under a rock the last 5 to eight years to not know that there has been a huge movement, and rightly so, to really, how do I put this, clamp down on um, sexual assaults and people in Hollywood taking advantage, males taking advantage of females and what have you. But, so, so there's been this movement, and an accusation came up about Brian Callen, some time ago in the L.A. Times. I think this was in, in like, July. But it was alleging conduct that had occurred 20 years ago. So an an actress um, had claimed to the L.A. Times that 20 years ago, shortly after she had moved to L.A. and befriended Mr. Callan, her allegation is that, um, that he raped her on a date when they had gone on a date and that it, it based upon her statements indicated that she may have also been given some sort of drug that affected her ability to resist and to do things. And those were her allegations. Now she has since married, um, somebody else and you know, she wasn't married to Callan at the time. They were just friends and they had dated and Callan's response to the whole thing had been, well, though this was consensual conduct. So when the allegations came out in the L.A. Times, uh, I think it was the 31st of this year, July 31st, when the allegations came out, his response was, look, um, we, we did engage in relations, but they were consensual. I did not rape her. Okay. Well, he has now filed a lawsuit. He, Callan, has filed a lawsuit, but he hasn't filed a lawsuit against the L.A. Times. And he hasn't filed a lawsuit against the female, um, Gabrielle Tigerman. He hasn't filed a lawsuit against her. He's filed a lawsuit against Tigerman's husband, current husband. And the allegation is that the husband, since the July 31st story came out, 
has been contacting agents and production companies and managers who have comedy had... Comedy stores. Comedy stores as well, who have had previous dealings with and have hired or represented Callan and encouraged them to drop him as a client, as an act in the comedy store, to what have you. And, and to uh, not not keep their contracts That's right. with him as well. And, and that is the basis of the lawsuit, and it's very interesting... That is the basis, and that the husband was joined, excuse me, as a play, as a defendant in that. Talk a little bit more about about what the allegations are, what's going on there, Denise. Well, what Callan is saying is that the husband's acts of contacting those important people around him have caused him economic damage. That he's actually lost agents, he's lost comedy stores that used to employ him, um, he's lost, um, you know. All the people around him that used to be supportive of him and help him in his comedy business, and that has caused great interference. So the acts of the husband have interfered with his economic contracts. Now, here's the thing. So he sues the husband. Callan sues the husband. Now, to the best of my knowledge in reading this, I haven't seen the complaint, but in everything that I've read in doing the research about this, Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe Callan has sued the husband for slander or defamation of character. The the, the allegation is tortious interference with a contract. Correct. Right? Yes. And notably, Callan did not sue Gabrielle Tigerman, the wife, for saying any even though Callan has said I didn't this was a consensual issue, I did not rape her, he has not sued her for defamation. That's correct. He has not sued the L.A. Times for similar. I mean, this isn't like the Johnny Depp case, although that is. Over There's a big reason Europe. for that. And what's what is that? Because to defamation, defamation, truth of the allegations could be a complete defense. Yes. In tortious interference with contractual relations, it is not. So, so let's. <laughs> That's a huge difference. So, so let's clarify what we mean by that. When we say truth is a defense. Let's say that Callan sues Gabrielle, the wife, for defamation because she claimed that he had raped her 20 years ago. If she is able to prove that he indeed did to the satisfaction of the jury, then that's a defense to her being sued for defamation, right? Yes, and that would also apply to the husband. Yes. So if the husband is sued for defamation and the wife comes in and testifies as to what happened and she is believed, then the husband's uh, statements as to what Callan did to his wife would have a complete defense of the truth. So if the cause of action now is not defamation, but tortious interference with a contract, and let's say, for the sake of arguments, that the defense, that the husband who's being sued wants to come in and prove that, in fact, Callan did rape his wife 20 years ago. Does that evidence even come in? No. Why not? Because it would be prejudicial. And, and would it constitute a defense? It doesn't constitute a defense, and it's not relevant. Yes. Because what's relevant is did the husband's acts of making the phone calls and you know constantly contacting these people to get them to fire and or not represent Callan, um, did that cause Callan damages? That's literally that is it. what is going to be 
at issue. I it's mean, going to it, be a fun one to it watch. Could, it could be shown that it was actually the, the allegations, hypothetically, if it were shown that the allegation was true, that he did, in fact, do that to this woman 20 years ago, the husband's still liable for tortious interference of contract based upon the way the law is written and the jury instructions are. Now, something else occurred to me that uh, Callan could have done. And that is Callan could have brought a civil harassment suit against the husband as well, because what he's doing is interfering with um, his profession, his reputation. Callan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what the husband was doing with Callan. And so that could become harassing. Uh, that could become um breach of pre of peace i mean there's a lot of different things and he maybe he could have got a harassment suit and again, protecting himself from and in that type of a cause of action for uh, uh, harassment if it was shown that callan had indeed done that to the woman 20 years ago would that be a defense to the harassment action no no it wouldn't and so it's kind of it's it's unique we'll follow this to see where this one goes because the lawsuit was just filed but you know, from my two cents, there's a lot of strategy that goes on with the lawyers, but from an optics standpoint, in terms of Callan's ability to clean up his image in Hollywood, and mind you, cleaning up your image has nothing to do with the outcome of a lawsuit. It has to do with allegations and maybe just filing a response to those. In terms of cleaning up his image, if you don't file in your legal pleadings anything that challenges the veracity of the underlying claim that he had done this to the woman 20 years ago, you're going to have trouble with your image going forward. So that's what we got. And guess what? We are done with our number two. Stay put. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com. A copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Senior care for your mom or dad, but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. 
she went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. That's 1-800-370-2715.